Do you deal? Do you deal with jealousy at all? Are you jealous of anyone? Are you jealous of anything? Um, are you jealous of me right now, getting to speak to you, and you not getting to speak at me? Are you jealous at all? Well, turn to Genesis chapter four. Um, we'll follow up with the curse and see um, where jealousy kind of entered the picture. And we'll talk a little bit about the the curse of jealousy, and then hope to move towards the blessing of it. Genesis chapter 4, starting in verse 1, says this, Now Adam knew his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I've gotten a man with the help of the Lord. And again she bore his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, and Cain a worker of the ground. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground, and Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel, and his offspring, offspring, but for Cain and his offspring, he had no regard. So Cain was very angry, and his face, his face fell. His face fell. His vision fell off of the Lord. He began looking at other things. He began looking at his own self. He began looking at why didn't the Lord accept in the same way or have the same regard that he had for for his brother. And so jealousy rose. Sibling rivalry happened. Verse 6 says, The Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why is your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule, you must rule over it. And the hope this morning is this, that we would not allow sin to rule over us, but instead we would allow Christ to rule over us, rule in our hearts, and we would be changed, we would be changed by, by Him. It's Thanksgiving week, and so you have much to be thankful for. But even in your thoughts of being thankful, oftentimes jealousy rises up. Well, why don't I have the same things that other people have? Or maybe you'll go shopping on Saturday, or on Friday, sorry, not Black Saturday, Black Friday. And you'll begin to be jealous of the other deals that you missed out on. And you'll wonder why didn't you get those, you didn't get those deals. In Galatians chapter 5, when Paul labels the fruits of the flesh, when we're walking according to sin, we're letting the curse rule over us, our face falling away from Christ and no longer looking at Christ, but allowing the curse to rule over us and sin to rule over us, jealousy begins to rule in us. Jealousy is a weird Greek word because jealousy and zealousy is the same word. To have zeal for something means that you're excited about something, and it is a positive thing. But to be jealous for something or about something, we often see it as a, as a negative thing. And only in the context of the verse or in the context of your life should you know if it's zealousy or jealousy. We're going to get to how you can figure that out in your own life. The Greek word for zealousy and jealousy uh, begins with this root word, zeo, um, which, um, which is the sound of water boiling over onto the fire. You can make that. Go ahead and make that Z sound. Let me hear it. Somebody make the sound. So that's the, it's this word that's sounding as if it's, you're saying what it's actually doing. It's water boiling over. Water boiling over. So we're talking about a heating up inside of you and things rising out of you. That's what zealousy and jealousy is. Zeal is hot enough to boil. Your life is hot enough to boil or you're excited about something, hot enough to do something about it. 
So in a positive sense, you're going to have zeal for the Lord. Or you're going to have zeal for your family. Or you're going to have zeal for uh, maybe like a, a mediocre team like the Saints, Lance, or somebody like that. You know, you might have zeal for them. Yeah. Uh, so we're going we're gonna to show that. We're going to have this rising up inside of us where we're excited about something. But so quickly, zeal or zealousy can turn into jealousy. And as soon as it turns into jealousy, we are allowing sin to rule over us. Zealousy, or jealousy, is an intense devotion to something, particularly like to God, or to a person, or a place, or a thing. Uh, there's a, a little Christmas movie called Noel, and um, they're coming up with a Christmas list, and apparently in this movie, everyone wants an iPad. And so we joke this week, hey, what do you want for Christmas? I want world peace and an iPad. And if you get either of those and I don't get them, I'm going to be jealous about you and the things that you have. Jealousy is an intense devotion towards something, towards a God, towards God, towards a person, towards a place, towards a thing. That's jealousy. Jealousy often leads to, to judgment. You can write that down in your blank there. Jealousy leads to judgment. Jealousy places me as the judge in that judgment. I'm going to determine if the things that you have are worthy of you, or if you're worthy of having those things. Should you have, should you have those things? And when I'm walking according to the flesh, according to the curse, I judge you for the things that you have, particularly the things that you have that I want, which is also covetedness and idolatry. And this is sin ruling over us, allowing jealousy to rise up like water boiling and then spewing out and allow, allowing that intense burning inside of us, boiling up inside of us, to become something uh, of an idol or something of a covetousness or jealousy. Jealousy leads to judgment, and judgment in this judgment, we're placing ourselves as the judge. And we know the theme, of, theme of the Bible. Anytime a human places himself or herself as the judge, it never ends well. Christ is the only righteous judge. Jealousy also shows a lack of trust for God to meet your needs. That's not a blank. You can just write that somewhere. But jealousy shows a lack of trust for God to meet your needs. When we allow sin to rule over us, the sin of jealousy, and we want what others have, we're concerned that God's not going to, not, God's not going to meet, meet our needs. Well, how come they have those things and I don't? Well, you have to deal with that. Jealousy also reveals anger. As this thing is boiling up inside of you, you can feel anger rising, and you grow angry towards others, towards God, towards the brokenness of the world, whatever the case may be. This is what we're seeing in Genesis chapter 4. When the face fell off of God, anger began to rise. And this is really dramatic, but jealousy leads to anger rising, and anger leads to, in Genesis chapter 4's case, murder, always taking someone else's life. And so we have to pray and ask Christ to change us, to allow Christ to rule over our hearts and not sin, particularly the sin this morning of jealousy. Jealousy reveals anger. Jealousy unmasks selfish ambition. That's one of your blanks there. Jealousy unmasks selfish ambition. Another big word here is narcissism. Jealousy lets all of us know how selfish and narcissistic you 
are. And I'm saying you, because I don't want to be in your shoes. And I don't, be, I don't want my own sin called out. Jealousy unmasks selfish ambition. Black Friday, think about this again. I'm buying this gift, yet it's not there anymore, and someone else got it, or you got it for a cheaper deal. And we begin to justify, I'm buying this gift for someone special, and you took it from me, and I'm jealous, and anger begins to rise. And then we see your selfish ambition. Because, yeah, I want to buy that for someone special, and that someone special really is me. I want the blessing in this moment. Yeah, I may be giving that gift away, but still, I want to be the one that's giving that gift away. And that's how jealousy rises up inside of us and begins to rule and begins to rule over us. And the, the hope and the desire of those walking in obedience to Christ is that Christ is ruling over us and not sin. And the, one of the last things about jealousy is jealousy or the curse jealousy always ends in entitlement jealousy craves something that someone else has and we want it to be ours and we begin to justify our own actions saying I am worthy I'm worthy of receiving that I should receive that I'm entitled to receive that you see this in toddlers all the time and also adults all the time and we're not wanting sin to rule over us we're not wanting our face to fall off of our vision of Christ but instead we're wanting our vision to remain on Christ and we're wanting Christ to rule over us Proverbs 27 4 wrath is cruel and anger is overwhelming but who can stand before jealousy wrath is cruel anger is overwhelming but who can stand before jealousy Jealousy will bring you to your knees. It will consume you. It will overtake you. It will lead you further and further into sin. And you will no longer be a blessing to anyone, no longer to the Lord, nor to anyone on this earth. You won't be a blessing to anyone because sin will rule, be ruling over you. Jealousy leaves no room, no room for anything else in your life. Anyone else, anything else. There's no room for God when you are jealous only for yourself. There's no room for meekness. There's no room for goodwill. There's no room for goodwill towards others or charity or mercy. And there's no room for, for sure, no room for uh, compassion towards those who are in need of compassion. Turn to James chapter 3. James chapter 3. Read this together. James chapter 3 starting in verse 13. The hope is this, this week, along with Thanksgiving and upcoming of Christmas, that you begin to be a blessing to others, that we're walking in the blessing of Christ, that we're no longer walking in the curse or walking according to the flesh, but we truly are a gift to other people. James chapter 3, starting in verse 13, Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. 
Jealousy leaves no room for gentleness or being full of mercy or good fruits. Instead, it pushes all those things out and you become completely focused upon yourself. And I don't like that James says this, but we're going to trust it's the word, giving room for even the demonic, which no one this week is thinking, can't wait to celebrate Thanksgiving and allow demons to come in. No. Some of you grandparents are thinking that. <laughs> the demons are coming back with our kids. I mean, our kids are bringing our demons with them, maybe. But that's not where our hope is. Instead, when we look at the spiritual life, life in obedience to Christ, we want Christ to rule over us. And so jealousy can not. So let's look at the opposite. Let's give you some things to do this week out of what has already been done in Christ. So to walk and be a blessing this week, two things, very simple. Instead of allowing this intense emotion to rise up and boil over and be negative and turn into jealousy and sin, let it be a zeal for two things, really, really simple. A zeal for the Lord and a zeal for the nations. Or zeal for the Lord and a zeal for for others. When jealousy is rising up and we ask those questions, will God keep his promises? Will he provide for all our needs? We have a moment. Is our face going to fall? Is our vision going to fall away from the Lord? Are we going to remain focused upon him? When our face falls and our focus and our attention is set upon ourself and our selfish ambitions... Sin begins to rise, and we only want the blessing to ourself. Lord, I'm worthy. And our zeal then becomes for self. So this week, in conviction, pray this. Lord, let my zeal not be for myself. Let my zeal this week, every day, be for you and for the nations. Just write down, I don't have this in your scripture reference, but write down Malachi 1 verse 11. Malachi 1, verse 11. God talks about in Malachi chapter 1, verse 11, his zeal for the nations to worship him. His zeal for all to be under his rule. Zach mentioned earlier, Revelation chapter 5. There's only one worthy of all blessing and all honor. And every tongue, every nation should confess that. And that's the name of Jesus. So you have to ask yourself as you're battling against sin, is Jesus, is he enough? Is Jesus enough? One more turn. Turn to Isaiah chapter, Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah is towards the middle of the Bible. Isaiah chapter 9. Or as you scroll up on your phone, because we were in James, you'll find it. Just keep scrolling. To think about a godly, uncursed jealousy or zealousy, we must think about the Lord's jealousy. Exodus chapter 20, God says that he is a jealous God. Exodus 34 says his name is jealous. He's a jealous God. What is he in, in perfection, in godly jealousy, what is he jealous or zealous for? Isaiah 9, verse 1. But there will be no gloom. For her who was in anguish, 
In the former time, he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the latter time, he made glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you. Let me. I want to. I want to move down and sit on the pew and read this, because I, under conviction, I feel like I'm not preaching. I, I want to hear this for myself. This is the prophecy about Jesus, the the true blessing of Jesus. But there will be no gloom. Verse one says, "For her who was in anguish, in the former time he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. In the latter time he has made glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan." Galilee of the nations. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. We just preached this in First Peter. Those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as the joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the trampling warrior in the battle of Tomorrow, and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for fire. For to, to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his, of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Who will do this? The zeal of the Lord of hosts. Who is the, who is the zeal of the Lord of hosts? Jesus. See, when the Lord's wrath and his jealousy is boiling over, the crazy thing is, he does not consume us. Though his wrath should, in anger, in holy anger, his jealousy should boil over and consume us, and yet it doesn't. Instead, instead he reverses the curse and instead of destroying the world, he sends his son to restore the world. And then calls us as obedient sons and daughters to have a zeal for him and him alone. And to have the same zeal that he has for the nations. If that means Operation Christmas Child, if that means giving resources to Lottie Moon, if that, mean go, if that means going to the ends of the earth, so we go. If that means going next door or using your Thanksgiving dinner this week as a time to share the gospel because of your zeal for the Lord, then that's what we do. See, the Lord, again, he could destroy in his jealousy for him and him alone to be worshipped because he's the only one and his jealousy to, to receive the only one to receive glory his wrath could 
boil out and consume us all. But instead, he sends his son, the zeal of the Lord, to come and rescue us and to drink the cup of wrath so that we might have salvation. And so we don't walk in the curse anymore. We walk in the blessing of Jesus. And our zeal should be for Christ. We've been praying, folks. We've been praying. I hope that you've joined us in this. We've been praying that our friend Chris and Brooke, who are in Malaysia, in Southeast Asia, in a country where there are no, in a, in a part of the country where there are no known believers, no one who's confessed Christ as Lord. We've been praying that the Lord would move the number from zero to one. That Lord, you would save at least one. You would save at least one believer. And that sounds crazy. What are we praying for? We want the whole nation to be saved. Lord, just save, save one. That one person might rise up, be saved, and proclaim your name to the rest of the nation. We heard about three weeks ago, praise God, he has answered those prayers. That a man heard the gospel and said, you know what, Jesus is worthy of my entire life. And I'll forfeit and abandon everything, everything, and risk it all because Christ is worthy of that. So yeah, praise the Lord. Amen to that for sure. Baptized already. Chris is getting, hopefully getting to disciple him even more. And so praise the Lord for that. In a country where millions, millions, no known believers, and the Lord has answered and saved one. And who knows what might happen. And my hope is this, that as we read in Isaiah chapter 9 here, that the Lord's zeal is all in Christ, and that his light has shone into darkness, that our jealousy would be changed from sin to a blessing, and that, it would be, that we would become zealous for the name of the Lord and for the nations to be saved. And that starts right here this morning. That starts as you're walking this week, as you think through, what am I zealous for? What, are, what am I allowing to boil out of me? It is, a, is it a zealousy for the Lord or is it a jealousy for glory for, for myself? And I hope this morning that as you think through that, you hear the words of Christ, you see what he has done, and because of what he's done, you allow that to rule over your life. That your face does not fall and your focus and your attention does not fall off of Christ, but instead it remains on Christ and Christ alone. Let me pray for us. Lord Jesus, thank you for this time this morning. God, I'm overwhelmed this morning because we are so unworthy to be in your presence. And in your presence, we know that we would be consumed. We would be consumed with your wrath because of our sin. We would be consumed with your glory and we would not be able to stand. And yet, you being rich in mercy, a Father who is steadfast in love and full of compassion, you see us in our lowly estate, in our fight against our own glory, and you came to rescue us. And so God, 
many believers in this room, you know. God, let us not let sin rule over us, but fix our attention upon your zeal and your son Jesus, that we might proclaim him to the nations, wherever that is, that our zeal this week would not be for things, but instead our zeal would be for our wonderful counselor, our everlasting God, our Prince of Peace. God, that our zeal would be for Christ and Christ alone. God, I praise you're convicting this morning. God, that we might repent of our sin. God, we might be saved because of what Christ has done for us. We might be willing to give glory to Christ and Christ alone. God, you know our hearts. You know that we we want to be a blessing. You know that we want to receive a blessing. God, help us through your Holy Spirit right now, Lord, that we might see you and you alone. For your glory. Thank you.